Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. All right. Welcome, everyone, to day three. Once again, welcome, everyone. Progress. Once again, welcome, everyone, to day three. Today is all about culture, all about how to build a culture of innovation and risk-taking, So thank you, everyone, again, for joining me live here on day three of our Build to Last workshop. On day one of the workshop, we spoke about mindset and leadership drills. We spoke about understanding that you are a human and you're not a machine. We spoke about understanding how to release stress and invite calm. Yesterday, we spoke all about theme days and time blocking and understanding how to create a calendar that serves you. So before we dive into day three, I want to hear from you guys. Who has done the challenge from day one of releasing stress and inviting calm? And who has done the homework from yesterday of sharing your theme days? So give me a yes in the comments if you've done your homework or give me I'm doing it today commitment so I can hear from you if you are committed to continuing this process together with me, together with all the thousands. We have over 2,000 people registered for this amazing experience. You're in um, the arms and a community of amazing, amazing people. So let me hear from everyone. Yes, to day one, amazing. Awesome, so good to see you all here. Struggle with the Google Calendar, but I'm determined. Amazing, Karen. So Karen, definitely connect with your advisor um, and she can definitely help you out. Um, So make sure that you do that. Michelle, day one and day two, she's working on it. Mary, awesome, awesome. So this brings me into the second announcement that I want to make sure that I make. Um, Make sure you have access to your workbook. Every single day, our team emailed a link to the workbook again in case you haven't had access to it. In the replay email at the end of every single day, we send out an email with the replay inside there as well. There is the link to the replay. So make sure you check your inbox. You can also ask your accountability advisor. If you are not connected yet with your advisor, we did send out a personalized email this morning from each of your advisors with the link to their Facebook profile so that you can friend request them and you can become friends with them so that they can connect with you. Again, advisors are only for people that are in the Facebook group and have an active Facebook profile in order for the advisor to connect with you. If you are in day three and you still have not connected with your advisor, that's okay. Some of you just joined or just registered and so you may not be on their spreadsheet yet, but please put in the comments that you don't have your advisor yet um, and we will do our best to connect you with her as soon as we possibly can. So that is my next announcement as far as advisors go. The next thing is I want to update you on the rest of the schedule for the Build to Last workshop. I'm here today, obviously, with you guys for the next hour. And tomorrow is our final day. We're talking about conflict, specifically inner team conflict. So give me a yes in the comments if you have dealt with conflict in the last 48 hours. Conflict meaning a difficult conversation, a escalation, whatever it is. Um, yes, all of you should be writing yes, because 90% of your day is actually about conflict, conflict resolution, conflict management, conflict de-escalation, all of those things. So tomorrow is all about conflict. So make sure that you are registered and that you'll be joining us tomorrow. 
Monday, I am doing a special bonus session on coaching, understanding what the different types of mentorship and coaching and advising. So I will be teaching that live in the Facebook group only. There will not be a Zoom link for that. It is only in our Facebook group um, on Monday. On Tuesday, Sarah, our head of community, all of these events are in the Facebook group. So if you want to make sure that you come to that live, all of those events are in the Facebook group. Diana, great question. Um, all of that is in the event. So Kadri, um, who's our director of operations? We have Lauren, who's our head of marketing. They're making sure that all of those events are in our Facebook group for my Monday session on coaching and for my Tuesday session. Not my Tuesday session, sorry. Our Tuesday session is going to be with Sarah who is our head of community, she is going to be teaching you guys about what accountability means and how she really uh, creates a culture of accountability with our members to help them get transformational results. Yes, all of the lies in Facebook will be recorded. They will all be available for you to have access inside of there. So don't worry about that. They will also be on the podcast later that day. So if you do not have Facebook and you want to listen in, they will be on the podcast as well. Um, so make sure you are subscribed to the Schools of Excellence podcast. If you are live here with me um, or if you're watching the replay and you are not yet subscribed to the Schools of Excellence podcast, please stop what you're doing right now. Open up your iPhone or your Android or wherever you are. We are everywhere. We are on Alexa. We are on Android. We are on Google Play. We are on iTunes. And subscribe to the Schools of Excellence podcast so that you never miss an episode. So I'll give you guys a second to do that while I finish my announcements and answer some questions. The replays of the Build to Last workshop will be available until next Friday in the Facebook group and the replay pages. Then they go down. So if you want to make sure that you rewatch them, definitely take the time over the next couple of days. That's how long the replays will be available for. Mary, what time on Monday and Tuesday? All of that is in the event section. I don't know the time offhand, um, but it's all in the event section. And Mabel will include that in the replay email, letting you guys know an update on what is coming up next week. Again, if you do not have an advisor, um, hopefully our advisors are inside of here as well. Um, and they can respond to you and help you guys with that. Again, Facebook is very interesting around blocking people after too many messages or tagging or all of those things. So please bear with us as we work through the tech as well. Um, we do see you. We notice you. We want to help all of you. Um, okay. So. Let me know in the comments if you are now subscribed to the Schools of Excellence podcast, and then we will dive into today's training. Give me a yes in the comments. Um, Laura is, yes, one of our top um, advisors. Um, amazing. Lots of yeses here. Yes, yes. Amazing. Just look for the podcast. Couldn't find it. It's called Schools of Excellence. So schools, plural, of excellence. It's everywhere where you get podcasts. <coughs> Excuse me. So definitely check that out. After you subscribe and you listen, please rate and leave us a review so that other people can find out about the podcast. Awesome. Great. Now that we've gotten all of that out of the way, let's dive into what today is all about. Okay. Turn to page 16. Um, I believe it's page 16, but let me double check just to make sure. Um, yes, turn to page 16 in your workbook, how to build a culture of excellence. Okay. I see lots of people are subscribed to the podcast. That's amazing. Thank you so much for subscribing. Thank you for your support. And thank you for leaving us a review as well. Um, that helps other people find out about us. Okay. So page 16 in the workbook, we're starting with culture. The school culture is an effect of the leader's daily behaviors, actions, and routines. I want you guys to write that in the comments right now as a reminder for yourself. It, it is a feedback loop that I want you to close for yourself. The school culture is an effect of the leader's daily behaviors, actions, and routines. School culture is not gift cards. School culture is not raises. School culture is not promotion. School culture is not access to 401ks or Roth IRAs. School culture is an effect of the leader's daily behaviors, actions, and routines. So let me see that in the comments. Write that out here. Let me see who's resonating with that. Feel that inside of you. That is the ripple effect. 
Everything we're talking about today is your impact on culture. Okay. There we go. Let me see those comments coming in. Let me see who's live. I want to see the energy inside this group today. I know we're on day three. Sometimes attendance starts to wane um, and energy, but I'm super here, pumped up. Let me see that energy. Okay. Now I've told many of you my story before. If you listen to the podcast, you know a little bit of my backstory. If you've seen our website and over the course of many, many years of building schools, I was really looking for how to really build a culture of excellence. I wanted to build a beautiful place where all of my teachers and all the people on my leadership team were excited to show up every day, right? I wanted them to be there to give the best for the kids, for the families. And over my time as being a teacher and a head teacher and director and moving through, I developed so many different initiatives um, as a teacher and all of the different hundreds of different initiatives um, that I created are actually inside the membership vault that our members have access to. All of our parent initiative programs, different projects, how to help teachers meet deadlines, all the things that I create as a director that help my school, I actually brought in and developed that for our members. Um, something important to remember, again, as I teach through culture here, and I want you guys to understand this, Schools of Excellence has nine trademarks and dozens and dozens of intellectual property that we have created that is unique for Schools of Excellence that we teach our members. So we have nine trademarks, nine unique pieces of content and training that are trademark in the U.S. Patent Trademark um, that we've uniquely created to help school leaders build and sustain schools of excellence. Our content is not Googleable. You cannot Google the strategies that I'm going to be teaching you here today or the strategies that we teach in the membership. Whatever you can find on Google, that's what you should find on Google, not anywhere else, right? Not in a paid program, not in a workshop like this. Go Google it. What I'm going to teach you here is stuff that you don't Google. It is a disruption of thinking. It's an elevation of mindset. It's understanding how to look at your school differently. And you are the cap that everything happens in your school. When you stop, everything else stops. When you stop developing yourself, your culture will immediately start turning toxic gossip, call outs, latenesses, all of those things. I just had an owner message me just a couple of days ago and I was sensing it. I knew it was coming because she's been disengaged and I know that she's not showing up for her staff. And I said, ding, ding, soon she's going to message me that she has a toxic culture and she's going to want my help. And lo and behold, yesterday she sent me a DM really struggling with negative energy. There's a lot of toxicity in my center. And I told her exactly what I'm going to teach you today. Going to teach you the foundation of building a culture of excellence. The moment you turn away from this foundational skill, your school becomes toxic. There's gossip, there's sarcasm, there's backtalk, there's complacency, there's lack of buy-in, there's resistance, there's pushback, there's all of those things. So if you guys are seeing that now and you want those strategies, you're in the right place. So thanks for joining me. Okay. No gift cards. No, that is not a culture of excellence. That is not a culture of excellence. Okay. So why are we constantly working on culture, right? Why is culture an effect of the leader's daily behaviors, actions, and routines? Well, that's because you're dealing with people and people are a moving target. Write that in the comments. People are a moving target. It is not playing darts. It's a moving target. Humans, teachers, leaders, kids are a moving target, which means what you do impacts them immediately. And you might do something that worked yesterday that doesn't work today. Anyone here have toddlers? Anyone here been a toddler teacher? Here's a little secret. The strategy that worked yesterday to get them into bed doesn't work today. The strategy that worked yesterday to transition all the kids from here to here, which worked amazing over the last two weeks, all of a sudden doesn't work anymore. Give me a hell yes in the comments if that's ever happened to you and you want to bang your head against the steering wheel. Why doesn't it work today? Why doesn't it work today? Well, here's why. People are a moving target. Culture is not a project. It is not something that you do once. It is a leadership drill. You are constantly working on your culture, 
right? I was talking a couple months ago with an owner um, and she was like, yeah, over the next couple of weeks, I'm really working on culture. And I was like, that's like telling you over the next couple of weeks, I'm really working on my toothbrushing skills. You need to brush your teeth every day. You need to take a shower every day. You need to eat every day. You need to move your body every day. Don't tell me that, yeah, over the next couple of weeks, I'm working on, you know, eating. You got to eat every day. You can't fast for three weeks. You will die. When you stop working on your culture, your culture dies. It turns toxic. It turns negative. It turns passive aggressive. People are a moving target. You cannot stop working on this. You cannot stop working on this. Okay? This is why you cannot have a one-trick pony. This is why you can't just do gift cards, right? Gift cards, gifts, appreciation, super easy. It's the easiest thing to do, right? When directors tell me things like, oh, I just bought a bunch of manicures. I'm like, that's really easy. My 11-year-old can book 11 manicures for all your teachers. All he has to do is go onto the website, click 11, add to cart. Boom, 11 people have manicures. That is not gratitude. That is not culture. It's not. It's just not. Buying your teacher's manicures is not culture. It's not. Please remember that. And I will say it to death today. Gift cards, gifts, um, raises, promotions, bonuses, all of those things. It is not culture. It's a symptom. It's a side product. It's a great perk. It is not why people come to your school. They do not come work for you because you give them manicures once a month. That is not why people work for you. That is not why people stay. People do not stay because you gave them an extra roll of toilet paper when COVID hit. That is not why people stay. Give me an emoji in the comments if you're resonating with this, okay? We give these things as a token of bribery, as a token of appreciation, and we think that's why people should stay. No, people do not stay because of extra toilet paper or because you slipped them another $100 bill or any of that kind of stuff. That is not why they stay. It is not. Good, good stuff. So how are we going to start knowing how to build this culture, right? I keep talking about this, isn't it? So what is it? What is a culture of innovation and risk-taking? Well, I'm going to ask you guys to do an exercise now that is going to look so simple, but is going to be so brutally hard. So here we go. Page 16. Fill in the blank. I'll know we've achieved a culture of innovation and risk-taking when I see, hear, and feel X. A lot of times people say, well, I know what I want. I want this. And I'm like, okay, well, what do you want to see in your culture? How are you going to know that you have a culture of innovation and risk-taking? What do you need to see? What do you need to hear? What do you need to feel? You need to be specific. You need to be specific. Hashtag specific, specificity, clarity. You need to tell your people exactly what you want to see. So let me know in the comments. What do you need to see in order to know that you've achieved a culture of innovation and risk-taking? How will you know when you've achieved success? What does it look like? See, fill out the first one, see. Let me see you guys. Let me know in the comments. What do you need to see? Uh, so Karen says, I'll see coworkers sharing information and materials not huddled in their offices with their doors closed. Beautiful, Karen. Look how specific. Beautiful. Uh, people are not afraid to make mistakes. So you're going to see people not afraid to make mistakes. What is not afraid to make mistakes look like? It's not specific enough. What does it look like when you have a culture that people are not afraid to make mistakes? Connie says, I need to see staff offering to help each other. Nola says, um, I need to see things being less. What does that look like? A classroom that's less teacher-directed in a toddler room looks very different than a classroom that's not teacher-directed in a four-year-old or in an infant room. Specif 
specificity. What do you actually need to see? What does it mean to take risks? What does it mean to take risks in a Montessori school, in a Reggio-inspired school, in a Waldorf school, in a faith-based school, in a nature-based school? What does it mean to take risks? Specificity. Again, you're here because you want me to help disrupt your thinking, to elevate your mindset. So your first answer is never the right answer, right? Because you got to dig deeper. What does ownership mean? What does it mean when you see ownership? What does that look like? What does it actually look like when someone owns something? Okay, we'll see teachers feeling comfortable by using new innovative approaches in their classroom. What does that mean? What does that look like in the block center when they use an innovative approach? What does that look like in the art center? What does that look like in the writing center? Specificity. Again, I'm drilling in because you came here to learn how to build a culture. I'm not giving you answers. I'm giving you questions to ask yourself. Dig deep. Okay, I want to see teachers handling parents on their own without so much guidance from administration. Okay, so what does that mean, less guidance from administration? Does that mean they don't get to ask administration any questions? Does that mean they decrease the amount of questions? What does that actually look like? Okay, let's see some more here. Consistency. Consistency in what? Um, people in other spaces trying new things, working with kiddos in all ways, teachers working together to help each other and brainstorming all day. Um, do you really want to see people brainstorming all day in an eight hour shift? Do you want to see teachers brainstorming all day? Specificity, right? I would like to see you guys having a specific time block that you brainstorm at least three times a week. Show me what that looks like. Give them the expectation. Okay, give them the expectation, a buzz, an excitement to engage and teach children. What is a buzz mean? Okay, that word can mean a lot of things. There's a lot of people after they have alcohol that are buzzed. What does buzz mean in your school? What does buzz mean in a two-year-old classroom? Positive communication among staff and children. What does positive mean? What does it mean when there's positive communication? Does that mean everyone's smiling? Does that mean they're using specific words? What kind of words do you want them to use? Does it matter which age group? Does it matter who they're talking to? Specificity. I told you this seems easy. It is not. This is the hardest exercise you will ever do when it comes to culture. When you get clear on this, that's when the magic happens. When you get clear, that's when the magic happens. Okay, so that is C. Let's go to the next one here. What do you need to hear in your school to know that you've achieved a culture of innovation and risk taking? What do you need to hear at your staff meetings? What do you need to hear in the hallway? What do you need to hear in the teacher's lounge? What do you need to hear at drop off? What do you want to hear at pickup? specificity. Guys, when you get clear, that is when you can hold people accountable. When you tell someone, this is what I want to see at drop off, and then they have trouble doing it. Now you can hold them accountable to it, right? But when you tell someone be positive, well, what, what do you mean? You want me to be positive all day? No one's positive all day. Welcome to real life. You're allowed to be frustrated every once in a while. Don't tell me I need to be brainstorming all day. Don't tell me I need to be intentional with the children all day. I'm intentional right now with you guys for an hour, but I don't do eight hour trainings like this in a row. That would kill me. Okay. I have super high energy, super focus, super intention. And right after this, I have an hour nap scheduled. It's on my calendar every day this week, 45 minutes after I do build to last, I shut my eyes. Why? Because this is super high energy, right? Super high energy. It's amazing, but super high energy. I got to take care of myself after, right? So don't say all day. There's nothing you're supposed to do all day besides for watch the kids and keep them alive all day. Visual kindness amongst staff. What do you want to hear? Sharing positive experience, achievements, um, teachers approach each child, get down on their level, welcome them, tell the child they're happy to see them. Beautiful, right? Look at that specificity. Teachers are asked higher level questions to children to develop critical thinking skills. When do you want them to do that? Do you want them to um, ask higher level thinking questions at learning circle when they're playing in the blocks, when they're outside? When do you want them to do it? It can't, your answer can't be all the time. You need to pick specific times when you want them to be committed to it. 
I want to hear teachers stepping away verbally or physically when they are overwhelmed. Okay. What does it mean? You want to hear them. You want, you, you want to hear them say, hi, I'm overwhelmed. I'm stepping away. What do you want to hear them saying? We'll hear encouraging comments being made to each other. Like your activity about letters were so engaging. I like the materials that you use. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay, let's go to the next one. Feel. What do you want? What do you need to feel when you walk into the building to know that you've achieved a culture of innovation and risk taking? What do you need to feel? You want to feel positive energy. Okay. Get super clear on what that feels like. What does it feel like when you're feeling a positive energy? Does it feel light? Does it feel like you have brain space? What does it feel like? I want them to feel like they want to sit and stay a while. Who? The teachers? You want to feel excitement. You want to feel encouragement. Again, remember, this is like, this is hard. Remember that in order to get what we want, we actually have to know what we want. I always tell school leaders, the biggest problem school leaders have is that they don't know what their biggest problem is. The biggest challenge that school leaders have about their culture is they don't know what they want when it comes to their culture. They know what they don't want, but they don't know what they want. And so when you know what you don't want, whatever you focus on, you get more of. So you're constantly focusing on what you don't want, so you get more of that. When you learn how to shift your energy and you live in a high vibration of this is what I do want, that's what you start to create more of. We're going to talk about that more today when we have our two guests that come on. Um, I always give the example of it's like when you come into a restaurant and the waiter says, what do you want to eat? Uh, what would you like to order? And you say, I want food and I want a drink. What kind of food do you want? Do you want an appetizer? Do you want an entree? Do you want fish? Do you want meat? Do you want sides? Do you want vegan? Do you want a dessert? Do you want a sweet dessert? Do you want a savory dessert? What kind of drink do you want? Do you want a coffee? Do you want wine? Do you want red wine? Do you want white wine? Do you want a beer? Do you want liquor? Do you want a, um, a cocktail? What would you like? There's so many different types of food and drink. You have to be specific. You can't just say, I want a culture of innovation and risk taking. You can't just say, I want a culture of excellence. You can't just say, I want this and this. You've got to be specific about what you want. And then you create a plan of how to get there, right? This is what we do in our inner circle and our owners group. People tell Sarah, our head of community, what they want, and then she shows them the path to get there. She shows them the training, the coaching, the accountability, the mentorship, the role playing that it takes to get there, right? You can't just say, oh, I want this, and now I'm going to go get it. How are you going to get it? What's your plan to get there? What are your action steps to get there? Okay, so let's take a pause for a second. What are some of your insights so far into this exercise? Tell me what you are processing in just a few short sentences or in one sentence. What are the insights from doing this exercise for you as the leader, right? You are at the center of the ripple effect. There's you, there's the teachers, and there's the parents. In order for you to build sustainability in your school, you need to take care of yourself. You need to know what you want, right? How specific I need to be. I love that. Yes, specificity is a skill. You learn that by taking time to sit with a coach, with an advisor, within community who asks you questions. You cannot figure this out on your own. Someone has got to coach and advise you and ask you questions, okay? Being vague disempowers people. I love that. Um, Melly, 
Melly, is it? Yeah, Melly, thank you so much for sharing. That's beautiful. Being vague disempowers people. Yes, it does. Specificity. Things are ever-changing. Specificity is key. I appreciate how you showed examples. I know we tend to give broad strokes. Yes, and that's normal. That's human nature. And then you jump into a session like this, you're like, oh, I need to be more specific. Okay? Can you build a culture of excellence with the team or does it need to be created by the leader? Absolutely. Every single person can create a culture of excellence within their own team. One of the trainings that I do is something called own your own development. And I do that training specifically for teachers. Um, and the training that I do is I speak to the group of teachers and I talk to them about how they have the power to shift culture just within their own classrooms. And that can have a ripple effect throughout the entire center. So absolutely every single teacher is a key stakeholder in creating culture. Clarity and specific, clear as kind. Yes, I love Brene Brown's um, quote. It's hard, but a good team can work out a plan to move forward. Yes, a good team that has great questions can create an amazing plan. And then a great team needs a very strong accountability team to help them execute the plan. You cannot execute on a plan without accountability built into the structure. Anyone who tries to do anything without building accountability into it is setting themselves up for absolute failure. Every single successful weight loss program, financial program, every single program, AAA, all these programs come with accountability. You cannot achieve long-term success and change and growth without accountability. Stop trying to think that you can. Amateurs think that they could do everything on their own. The pros and the wise people hire accountability. They make sure to surround themselves with people who will hold them accountable to their goals. And here's why. You're human. You are humanly fallible to all shiny objects and to all of the BS excuses that we all throw at ourselves to sabotage. You need accountability to drive you to the next step. The workshop for t-shirts is called Own Your Own Development, something that I do with the owner or director, and then we work, we make the investment and we do that with your staff. So it's not something that teachers can purchase. It's something that the school leader needs to do for the staff. Um, okay, let's go on to the next thing. Let's go to the next page in the workbook. We are going to page 17. Okay, teachers place safe bets because of fear. It's the number one driver for teachers not being creative, not being not taking initiative, not having ownership, not sharing during staff meetings. Here's something important to remember. Write this in the comments. Teachers never rise to the level of the school goals. They will always fall to the quality of their habits and routines. Teachers never rise to the level of the school goals. They will always fall to the quality of their habits and routines. You can say all day long that we have a goal, that we want teachers to be creative, to be innovative, to speak intentionally, to brainstorm, to do this, to do all the things that you said. Here's facts. This is real data. This is real science. Teachers will never rise to that. Ever. Everyone falls to the quality of their habits and routines. You want teachers up here? Change your habits and routines. And guess what? It's not about how do I get my teachers to do that. It's how do I get myself to do it first and do it consistently and be disciplined and be determined and show up consistently. Then it happens for the staff. When you are asking questions, how do I get my staff to do that? You're out. You're out of the game. You're out of the game before you started. Your question is, how do I show up for myself? How do I do this for me? What are the habits that I need to adopt to create this amazing culture? Not what do the teachers need to do? No, it's you. It starts with you. You are at the center of the ripple effect. So if teachers don't rise to the level of our goals, right, what's really going on, right? They're placing safe bets because of fear. They're worried about what's going to happen to them, right? They're worried about all these things. 
because one of the things that I hear a lot from directors that tell me things like, my teachers need more reassurance, right? They need more reassurance. Let me know in the comments if you've ever felt like you want reassurance, validation. Just give me a yes in the comments. Yes, I've needed reassurance. Yes, I want validation, right? Me, we all want reassurance, validation to be seen. All the time. Yes. Yes. I need validation. Okay. Yes. Here is the fallacy of reassurance. No matter how much we get, it's never enough. No matter how much reassurance we get or however much validation we get, it's never enough to make us do the thing. You can never be reassured enough. And now you're like, okay, I have enough reassurance. Now I'm ready to take the leap. It doesn't happen. You still are terrified in your pants. You're ready to pee. You still do it scared. There's no such a thing as 100% reassurance. When you got married, for those of you that are married, there's no 100% reassurance that the marriage is going to work. You have to do the work. When you have a child, it doesn't come with 100% reassurance policy. This kid's going to grow up to be a great kid. There's zero reassurance in life for everything. You will never get 100% guarantees, not on your marriage, not on your health, not on your relationships, not on your kids, not on anything. Nothing comes with 100% guarantee. Everything has a risk. Everything, every single thing that you do comes with risk. There's no such a thing as, oh, I did this, so now I'm 100% guaranteed that that's not going to help me. Please get that out of your brain. There is no such a thing as 100% guarantee. Nothing is 100% foolproof. Nothing. Nothing. So what you actually need to start doing is stop hunting for reassurance all day and start looking how to build your confidence so you could take bold and daring moves. You will never be 100% ready. You will always be scared. There will always be a component of fear. That will always be there. The question is, if you're gonna fall prey to it. You will never get 100% reassurance to feel like, okay, now I feel 100% reassured, I'm ready to dig in. When members join our inner circle, I tell them all the time, there is no 100% guarantees. Here's the 100% guarantee I could give you. If you show up and you do the work and you're committed every single day, you're disciplined, you're consistent, you show up, you do the work, you step back up after you fail. You step back up again after you fail again. You step back up again after you fail for the hundredth time. Here's what I can guarantee you. You will see results. You will see results. But you got to be ready for all of that. The failure, the disappointment, all of that comes with it. Yes, yes, you still do it scared. Okay, this is why it's so hard to better in ourselves. Like, this is why it's so much easier to invest in the teachers. So it's like, okay, well, if it doesn't work, oh, well, you see, you didn't do it enough, right? But then when you invested yourself and it doesn't work, it's like, one second, that means I'm not enough. No, it's not. It doesn't mean you're not enough. It means you need to keep working. It means you need to keep at it. Don't run away from scary shit. Run towards it. Run towards it. Yes, live like no one today so you can live like no one tomorrow. Love me some Dave Ramsey stuff. Yes. So, in about two minutes, I'm going to invite our owner and director to jump on here. I want to share one more specific practice with you when it comes to building a culture. And that is the difference between gratitude and appreciation. The foundation of building a culture of innovation and risk-taking is, yes, so Susan, the supervisors that thrive on making you fearful are the supervisors that are so terrified to make a move. They are terrified. And so they're like, okay, well, I got to make you fearful also, right? So here's the thing, fear, blame, shame, those tactics work. I'm not going to tell you that they don't work. They do work, but they're not sustainable. Fear, shame, blame, finger pointing, it works. People wouldn't continue doing it if it didn't work. It works, but it's not sustainable. And it's not building a culture of excellence. And no one wants to work in those places. 
Yeah, it works, but it doesn't build trust. It breaks trust, right? But don't say it doesn't work. They work, but it's not sustainable in the long run, right? You can fear someone into doing something. They'll do it in that moment because they're terrified, but then they're going to be like sayonara. Okay. So let's talk about the difference between gratitude and appreciation. Okay. So we have a podcast episode on that. Let's put the link over here in the comments. Um, it's episode three. It's called the gratitude matrix. I'm going to explain it here very quickly. And then we're going to bring on our friends. The reason why you need to do gratitude and why it's something I talk about all the time. I had um, an owner tell me the other day, she's like, how many times can I talk about gratitude? I'm like every single day. I just had a conversation with an owner who's been with us for three years and I asked her to rate her gratitude on a scale of one to 10. She gave herself a six. She's been doing this for three years. Why'd she give herself a six? Because she's human and things have been happening in her life over the last three weeks and she fell off the bandwagon. There is nobody that does everything perfectly and consistently all the time. That is not the freaking goal. Stop trying to do everything perfect all the time. It's insane. Stop it. You're not a machine. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fail. You are going to make mistakes. You are going to fail. Are you going to do it in community who are going to be there to hold you and step you back up? Are you going to do it in the face of great leaders and mentors and coaches who are going to remind you that you're still worthy and you're still deserving and you're still an amazing human being? Or are you going to do it by yourself and listen to your own self-talk that's like, you worthless piece of shit, you can't get back up again? Your brains are a very scary place. Do not go visit your brain by yourself. It's a very dangerous place. We are terrible on ourselves. We bemoan and demean ourselves way too much. We are so self-critical. We blame ourselves. We punish ourselves. We judge ourselves. Don't go to your brain by yourself. You want to go to your brain? Do it next to someone who's really kind and loving, who's going to remind you you're still a good person. Because when you make a mistake, do it in the face of other people who are going to remind you you're human. You made a mistake. I still love you. We all are our worst critics. Do not go to your brain by yourself. It's a very dangerous place. Just like you would never go to an alley by yourself in the dark at night in New York City, do not go to your brain. It's even more dangerous than that. Do not go to your brain alone. You need to do it with community. Do it with good, kind people who see you for who you are. Okay. They're all our worst critics. It's a disaster. Um, okay. Where are my good friends, Sarah and Susan? Um, I hope I'm promoting the right people here, Sarah. Goodness. I hope I'm doing the right people because there's so many Sarahs on here. Uh, let's see. Let's see if I did a good game of Russian roulette and brought on the right people. Can you guys open up your videos? Hmm. I can't see myself. It keeps giving me an error that says I can't start the video because your host has stopped it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I need to make you a co-host. The problem is, is I don't know if I can make you all co-hosts. Can you try to work your video now? Oh, hi, Sarah. Oh, yay. We did it. We did it. We did it. And I picked the right Susan and I picked the right Sarah. Lucky me. Hello, Sarah Schreiner. And Su oh my gosh, Susan, I forgot your last name. My apologies. What's your last name? Susan what? Susan Schuller. Susan Schuller. Thank you. My goodness. I am sorry. Um, welcome both of you to um, the Built to Last workshop on day three. So I met um, Sarah quite some time ago. We had a conversation um, about her school, about her vision, her mission, um, what she's doing in Sunshine Academy where she lives. And then I later got the privilege of meeting Susan, who joined our directors in our circle. And really what I want to chat with you guys today is about your specific habits in building your culture. Um, I know that it started with Sarah 
working with the staff. And then eventually as she started to, you know, delegate those director and day-to-day -day operation responsibilities to Susan. And then Sarah started to be more responsible for culture from a more higher level. I should lower my camera, uh, from a more higher, um, from a more higher level standpoint. So Sarah, why don't you kick off? Tell us a little bit about your school, um, and where your culture was, uh, when you first joined us. Uh, um, we, in the last few years, have went from one location with one school, uh, primarily having, are taking care of students ages 2 all the way up through 12, um, and then over the last year have grown to two locations. And I would say our culture, I don't know that we've ever had a really bad culture, but I don't think I quite knew what thriving looked like. And so I, um, I think when... We joined our start when I started working with you. It really gave me some insight into what was each person in the company's role and responsibility in helping shape culture mm. and, and helping maintain it. And so, um, I, you know, I I was called Sarah Sunshine when I was a little girl, and so I mean, I that's where Sunshine Academy came from. So I've always been uh, glasses half full, seeing mm. the world through colored glasses. But um, I don't think I really embraced the idea that culture isn't just one person at the top trying to sprinkle it down over everyone. It's really about that training each person on their role and responsibility and helping keep it at the top or at the best that it can be. I love that. I love that. So when you think about the like the biggest habit or I guess one of the top practices that you've adopted when it comes to sustaining the culture, what would that be for you, Sarah? I think it would be the continuous um, conversations about our values and weaving those into everything that we're doing um, so that everyone understands what those are and the reasons behind why we're making decisions. Um, I think that and also the willingness to engage in those difficult conversations and which sometimes have led to some intentional turnover on our part, um, but really holding everyone accountable to those values through continuous conversations, I would say is by far been the most beneficial practice. I love this. And, and you guys could turn to page 19 where we have the question, the school culture is created by default or by intentional design. And what Sarah's really sharing here is there was intentional turnover. There was intentional decision making around these people are no longer a fit for the company because it's a mismatch of values. Um, how, where did you get the courage to make those decisions around culture? I think sometimes we wait way too long to let somebody go who's impacting the culture. Where have you found some of that courage and where is it still a struggle for you sometimes? I think being able to surround myself with other um, like-minded owners, CEOs, directors who have um, we're able to view such the situation, not from an emotional standpoint, mm -hmm. but really from a logical, okay, you're telling me that there are these issues in your program. Um, what are you going to do about it? And how are you going to take that next step? I think that's been very beneficial for me. Um, and also my office is primarily offsite now. So removing myself a little bit from the situation to where I could see things more clearly um, was huge in I think establishing the courage or just being able to not be so in the day-to-day -day that I couldn't see the bigger picture. I, remind me, what was the second part of your question? Yeah, I guess, where do you find the courage to make the decision about intentional turnover, especially when so many people are in the mindset of we're in a hiring crisis, I can't find anyone, like, where do you get the guts almost to be like, no, this isn't a fit, like, we, we need to, you know, let go and just say goodbye with grace. Well, unfortunately, it gets easier the more you do it. <laughs> so That's I a good one. That, um, when we first started seeing that um, we were really minimizing the effects of some of the behaviors that um, these certain individuals were engaged in. And so when we, um, when we stopped and really gave them the value and analyzed, okay, how much is this really impacting our team, our clients, our students as a whole, um, it was much easier to make those decisions when we we stepped out of the, oh, it's not a big deal. 
oh, we'll just, you know, we'll deal with it tomorrow or I'm sure it'll get better tomorrow. And that wasn't always the case. So before I go to Susan, I want to hear from you guys, just write hashtag no more excuses or I want the courage to make those exits. Every single person that's on here has at least one person on the team that needs a difficult conversation. Maybe it's not an exit. Maybe it's just a difficult conversation of like, okay, let's, let's really talk about this um, and really see what's next. I want the courage. I love it. So let me know in the comments. I want the courage, or maybe you need to tell yourself no more excuses, whatever it is you need to tell yourself to draw that inspiration from Sarah right now, no more excuses and have the courage to step up. So Susan, I want to talk to you. Susan's the director of one of the locations at Sunshine Academy and have really been very lucky to work alongside Susan and how she's really developed tremendous skill um, and confidence in really leading um, a very diverse and eclectic group of, of women. So um, Susan, tell me a little bit about what are some of the practices and habits that you've adopted to consistently build culture with the staff, with the, with the people on your team? Um, well, one of the biggest things since joining um, the group, your your group and your coaching, is that it really helped me to draw boundaries. Mm. Because I was the one that did everything, and I was always there, and I was going to fix everything, and I, I'm not even going to ask you for your input. I'm just going to jump in there. And so at, starting with my notebooks and, and watching all the trainings and all the videos, taking a lot of notes, setting clear boundaries with my staff. You know, I, I am friendly with my staff, but I'm not your best friend. You know, mm. um, I have a job. This is my role. I take it very seriously, but it doesn't mean I can't joke with you or, or I wonder about your life. Yeah. But this is my boundary. I and, love that. Um, that was really the foundation, I think, the mm -hmm. starting stepping stone of, of being able to kind of embrace being a director, even after some years of being one. You know what it really, yeah. what it really meant? Sure. And I had these conversations with Sarah, my mentor, you know, um, about in, in the past year, seeing my role change from director of everything to director of my teachers, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. Um, and feeling really strong in my skills, way more confident. Yes. Um, and that's been really big. And like Sarah said, the intentional turnover, like we had to do this was a really, really big step for me, but it, it lifted, um, just this cloud, sure. you know, this, this heaviness that sat on me. Yeah, And I'm talking about with, with a couple of teachers that I worked over a decade with. So I want to pause big, here. Big yeah. And I, I want to pause here for a second. I want to bring focus to what these, um, to what Sarah and Susan are sharing here. Notice how none of what they shared so far of their habits and practices of building culture are around, you know, shiny manicures and bath salts. Um, it's about values. It's about difficult conversations. It's about boundary setting. Um, those are things that are not quick fixes. You can't buy them in an instant cart or an Amazon checkout page. They are deep work. It's conversations from the heart and the mind and the soul. And it's not one-time conversation. It's multiple conversations that can feel heavy, that can sometimes feel energy depleting, that you need to rest and recover from. Um, so I just want to draw your attention to that, to notice that building this beautiful culture is about a lot more than that. So Susan, I want to hear from you when it comes to your gratitude practice, because I know that it's evolved over your time um, in the program. How has that really impacted the relationship and the rapport and your ability to hold your teachers accountable because you have this beautiful practice? Well, it's been, it's a work in progress for me every day. Sure. Um, I, <laughs> I love your honesty. I was born in the seventies, you know, it's like, it's a little hard. So I do have to work at it. Um, I'm not a big gift giver, nothing like that. So my gratitude is always in words of affirmation or, you know, trying to really hone in on when I see one of my staff or one of my teachers really doing something amazing and say, wow, I, you know, I know I saw how you were with so-and-so today and the way you turned this around. I really appreciate that. And, you know, where did you come up with this idea? Mm. You know, asking questions and, um, and really watching them and um, just 
letting them know that I see them, you yeah. know, and I see when I see their efforts and they know that the same thing isn't going to work two days in a row. Sometimes yeah. it does, but that they're, um, they have a lot of imagination and they're creative um, while being developmentally appropriate with the kids. I love and that. That goes so much farther than just saying, man, great job. You know, yeah. I mean, we don't do that with the children, right? We try to be specific. So I try to do that with my staff. I love that. And it's really helped me because I finally started doing teacher observations in specific areas. And I, and what I'm hearing feedback from my staff is that they really like that I'm coming in to watch them in certain areas. Can we, can we just acknowledge that here? Can we give congrats to Susan and congrats your future self for a teacher who says, I like that you're coming in to observe. How many of you have staff that are like, please don't come and watch me. I'm a good teacher. I, I don't know how to do anything when you watch me, right? Really what that is, right? It, it's what they're telling you is, I don't trust to be myself, to be vulnerable in front of you. And now that Susan's taken the time to build this relationship, they invite her into their world because he's a, she's a trusted confidant. She's a mentor. She's there. She's on their team, right? She's there to be there with them. Um, and I'm going to walk you guys through exactly how to do specific gratitude in a moment here. Um, Sarah, I want to come back to you here for a moment around the mindset that you currently have now when it comes to consistently building culture, um, as opposed to how you pr probably previously viewed um, culture or the way that you approach it in your practices. I think um, previously we would identify, you know, building culture as, okay, let's schedule a fun professional development day. And, you know, you're always gonna schedule it in February because you know that's kind of a hard month. And it's the one and done, or let's do um, order everybody a water bottle, or you know, I mean, just kind of those surface level type um, acts of gratitude, or trying to, I don't know why everybody doesn't just think the same things about the company that I do, because um, it was a lot of assumption based and very surface level. Whereas I think now. Susan and I both are much more engaged in just those day-to-day -day small practices, small conversations. Um, every message that we're putting out there, we're stopping and analyzing, does this preach our core values? Is this, you know, are we being able to really make sure that this is the right step? And is every decision being challenged by those core values? And so keeping that forefront, um, I think has really helped our culture because there's been many times we would say, um, one of our core values is family. And then we would have some of our staff who would say, but you're allowing behaviors that aren't acceptable on our team. You're not really upholding the value of family because you're not taking care of us. And so, um, having the courage to make those hard decisions as hard as they've been, I think we've seen a significant, um, shift forward even so much that we're recruiting people to come and work for us because they've heard about you know what an amazing place and it's not that we're paying the most um we we're having a lot of people from out of state move here because they've heard about the culture at this little rural school in montana I'm going to have time to cry on that later after and get emotional. Um I think that is one of the most beautiful things I've heard today and in a while I think that it just, this is, I mean, this is just, first of all, thank you for sharing that because this is just one of the biggest reasons why I do what I do. It's all about the ripple effect. It's all about the impact that the school leaders' decisions and daily actions have on the lives of the hundreds of kids that they're responsible for. And when you come to a place that you're recruiting people and people are moving there to you because the staff want to be there in your culture and make an impact on the children there, that's the greatest gift. Um, that's just, it's, it just, it's so much a part of how we're changing the landscape of education. So thank you for sharing that. And it's just, again, this reminder that it's only through the hard work that you get to this beautiful place, right? And they're not done yet. Um, so Susan, tell me what else it is that you're working on, right? You've reached this incredible milestone. People are coming. They want to work in your school. Um, you're not struggling with hiring or staffing or some things that a lot of other schools are struggling with right now. What is next for you guys? You guys are in such a beautiful place. Um, you know, I think one of the things that I'm actually working on, and it's, it's every day, like I said earlier, is 
it's my own mind shift that I don't have to be the fix it and fixer of everything that it's really, I'm actually working when I'm out in my classrooms and observing I, I, that's work. You know, it's not that I'm not doing anything, but I have to remind myself that Susan, you're, you're working. This is what you, this is your, you're the director. This is what you're doing. It's okay. It. You know, I love it. And, um, and, and give myself a little grace for that. And to know that, that I make mistakes and, and every day and I, and I reflect and I always call it my thinking time is I live 11 miles away from where I work. So I spend that time in quiet in the morning and in the afternoon mm-hmm. where I go home. Mm-hmm. And all I do is just, I just reflect on my day. What could I have done better? What went great? Mm-hmm. You know, wow. You know, um, and when I always have a question, I just, I do my go-to to Sarah call and go, I, I got to tell you this or, and it's really good for me. It's I a really that. good daily practice. It's kind of my own self-care, yeah. you know, that I give myself that time. But I just, that I'm actually really kind of shifting my role around. And it it's a daily practice for me to be out and like, you know what, this is, this is good stuff. Yeah. And it's the way I'm just build trust with my teachers, you know, is that, you know, not just being reliable, but that I'm visible. And I love what you shared. It's remembering, right? The, a big part of your job is not to sit in your office and just do busy work, right? When you're in the classroom, that's work and that's building culture. Um, I think that is so beautiful. Um, as a reminder for the hundreds of people that are here live to remember your role as the director, as the leader, your primary role is the relationships and relationships aren't built when you're sitting in the computer screen. They're built when you're connecting, when you're in the classrooms, when you're face to face, when you're there, when you're on the floor, when you're building those relationships. Sarah and Susan, thank you so much for joining me here live. Thank you for sharing your story, for some of your strategies, and really just for providing hope and inspiration for what is possible when you stay committed to the journey. So thank you so much for joining. Please, yes, please, yes. Um, I I just want to tell anybody out there who feels like they're stuck or feels like this is something that's not attainable. Um, I've been in child care since 2004. I've owned my own center since then. And we've seen slow growth and we've seen slow changes, but really having someone like you that is your accountability partner that's pushing you outside of your comfort level and not just supporting me as the owner and CEO, but also my team has led to the most significant growth and changes that we've seen. So anybody out there that's looking for something or to move forward, get yourself an amazing accountability partner like Connie, because that really has made a huge difference in our program. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much. And it's been just a tremendous privilege to work with both of you. So I appreciate the kind words. Thank you both for joining me. Thank you. So ladies and gentlemen, um, as we wrap up here at the top of the hour, I want to close off. Let me just, how do I, how do I move you from the group? Um, there we go. Nope. There we go. Okay. Technical difficulties. So here's how we're going to wrap up here, guys, because we are a couple minutes over. Um, one is give me an emoji in the comments if Sarah and Susan inspired you. Um, if they inspired you to just take action differently, to look at your culture differently, just give me a quick emoji in the comments if you poured into yourself some of that beautiful energy and inspiration that they had to share. It was really, um, I really enjoyed it. It was really beautiful to hear their story um, and just to see their energy. So give me some love here in the comments for them. Yes, awesome. So here's how we're gonna wrap up today. Yes, Joyce, they really are. They're an incredible, incredible team. So turn to page 21. I'm going to go over today's challenge and then we will wrap up today. Another amazing, amazing day. Trying to squeeze all this in. Um, I keep going over. So my apologies on that. Um, So today's challenge is the gratitude challenge. And the gratitude challenge is to write two gratitude cards to staff members and give it to them. So again, the difference between gratitude and appreciation, gratitude is specific. Gratitude is a card that cannot be duplicated or photocopied for anyone else. So if you look at your workbook, a sample card is, um, so the steps over here, yes. So the difference between gratitude and appreciation we shared, what are the steps that you could do to show up with more gratitude? 
And I'm going to talk about that right now. Step one is writing an appreciation card. So the appreciation card is thanks for helping Sam calm down this morning after his mom left. I know he was really upset and you had a lot of other things going on, yet you stayed calm and patient through the tantrum. We are so lucky to have you be part of the team and are blessed to have you here during as a teacher during this challenging season. Thank you for showing up that way. I know it wasn't easy. Notice how this card for Jenny is different than just saying, hey, thanks so much. This card shows, I see you, I, I, I feel you, I'm validating you, I'm giving you reassurance that we're grateful to have you to be part of the team. And so, again, if you want more information on the difference between gratitude and appreciation, go listen to the podcast. I didn't want to spend too much time on it here. I wanted to give more time to Sarah and Susan to share some of their inspiration with you guys. Um, so to understand the difference between the two of them, definitely go check out the podcast. The other thing is for today, your challenge is to write two thank you cards. So in the comment section, I want you to write who are the two people that need gratitude now more than anything. And it's the two people that you most least want to give it to. They're the two people that you most least want to give appreciation, uh, gratitude to. So let me know in the comments who they are. You can write their initials, whatever it is. This is your accountability that you're going to write two thank you cards to two teachers or your two directors if you're an owner or two people on your administrative team if you're an executive director, whatever it is. And it's going to be two specific cards of gratitude. You could take it and put it on a post-it. You could put it on a card. You could put it on a regular white piece of paper, whatever it is. Perfect. Thanks, Tina. And then I want you to screenshot it and put it into our Facebook group. This is the foundation of culture. Gratitude is the foundation of culture. Building a culture of excellence comes from building the practices. And Susan and Sarah shared a lot of strategies with you. The strategy I want you to start with is gratitude. Writing those two cards, screenshotting it, and then putting it into the comment section on today's daily challenge thread. Okay, everyone, thank you so much again for joining us here on day three of the Build to Last workshop. So it was all about culture, gratitude, and building a culture of innovation and risk-taking. Thanks so much for joining. I hope to see you again tomorrow for our final day, day four, all about conflict, inner team conflict, navigating it, resolving it, and all of the things. Thanks again for joining. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your attention over the last three days, and I look forward to tomorrow as well. Thanks so much for joining. Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.